This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So we have been rolling here. So we're today we are with um, Horatio Danovich, which is the heads up the CRA in Pompano Beach, and also Mayor Rex Harden of the city of Pompano Beach. We're honored to have you guys on Connected by Water. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having us. Uh, we right. really, really appreciate it. And it's probably one of the most, um, the biggest podcasts that I've been looking forward to, you know, the whole time. So it really is a special time um, for Connected by Water to have you guys here. So thank you very glad, much. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, I don't want to make that whole conversation so formal, though, because we were kind of, you know, having a good little chat there. What do you say? You got a pretty hectic schedule coming up? Yes. And what do you got going on? Well, as, as you as you might know, um, besides my work in the CRA, I also oversee the government, the general obligation bond initiatives, which mm -hmm. is 25 projects, all of it in one package. And right now, all 23 of them are in the very beginning stages of design. So they're in, uh, approaching the 30% design mark. Oh, wow. So that's 23 different pieces that have to run very, very well for us to meet the deadlines and the budgets that, you know, the general obligation comes attached with. So for the next couple of years, each one of these projects needs to fit in in that mold and getting the, the designs completed and the permits and the public support. And it's going to be very hectic throughout the city right. because it requires activities from different departments, not just on my design teams or the construction teams, but all the different departments that have to interact, reviewing the plans, helping us get the permits, and they get things done out on the streets. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's, you know, some projects can, can run concurrently, but when you have things like, for example, Dixie Highway, which is five miles of roadway that we have to redo, or A, the State Road A1A, another five miles of roadway to have to redo. Well, you have to figure that these roadways, as they're being done, the impact that they will cause to people and how we're gonna deal with that. 
you shut down Dixie Highway, you, you really cram up all the traffic onto I-95. Mm -hmm. not, to mention, I not to mention the businesses that are disrupted then, too. Exactly. I mean, you got to be aware yeah. of that, too. And then A1A is a one-lane directional highway. So you shut down one lane, you should shut down an entire highway. Mm -hmm. So the impact is really far more significant than people even understand. And, and dealing with those nuances on a day-to-day -day basis and our team trying to visualize how we're going to deal with that, it, it's, it's very stressful. You know, I think that was one of the more important reasons why I wanted to bring both of you on at the same time, because, you know, some people might think, well, why not just bring on the CRA? Why not just yeah. bring on the mayor? You know what I mean? But I wanted to kind of show people, like, how much you guys work together um, you know, in lockstep to get all these things done. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's huge. It really is. But I mean, but the coordination he's talking about that is required. And, 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 you know, people look at it and they say, well, wow, okay, this is great, all the stuff that's happening in Pompano, but they don't realize the tough times that are about to, uh, about to happen because of all the wonderful things that are coming in Pompano Beach and stuff that Horatio is talking about. It's like, well, there's going to be tremendous disruptions, and, and he's trying to minimize that as much as possible. So that we don't get pushback. We're going to get pushback because people are going to be mad. It's, it's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to be delighted once everything is done. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be fantastic. I mean, we got $180 million of, of improvements, <clears throat> which, you know, getting there is the hard part. And that's what he's trying to trying to minimize the hard part as much as possible. But he can't he can't eliminate it. And that's uh, it's it's important. But there, there's one thing that I must say, and, and it's not praising the city commission just because they're the city commission. But the truth is. If I did not have their support in the way that we do business in the city, I wouldn't be able to do my job. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I, I've been fortunate that I, that I was hired by the city of Pompano Beach, but I, I participate in three other municipalities. And the support that the city commission provides to staff to be able, for the staff to be able to do what they were hired to do is crucial. It's crucial for the success of the project. I can be the greatest brain in, on the planet the greatest designer in the world, but if the commission does not support me, my ideas will go down the drain. Yeah. That's not going to help anything, and that the project was, will not go through. Yeah, that was one of the things that I noticed when I was working on the bridge project with everybody, is how great everybody was working together. Yeah, you know, I said this is wonderful because I he I've heard all these horror stories about working with cities and you know things like that, and then when I worked on this project, it wasn't like that at all. Like right. everyone was in full support of what we were doing. You know, everyone was like, whatever you need, Dennis, you know what I mean? You'll have it. And, and it was true. And, you know, everyone was very responsive and completely supportive of the entire project. The, to me, that was, that made the experience of working on that project just, you know, phenomenal. It's like, yeah, like every other project where you're doing any sort of construction or, you know, manufacturing throughout the city, there's going to be some production hiccups, but that's kind of expected and normal. That always happens. But as far as everyone's heart and spirit behind it, everyone was there. Yeah. It was great. I, I always compare my job to like, you know, when, you, when you're an NBA coach and you have an NBA team full of stars and you're, you don't have to know anything about basketball. Right. Your basketball guys need to do their job, mm -hmm. but you as a coach need to be able to direct traffic. And, and that's what's important. If I don't let you do what you know how to do best, how am I helping you? How yeah, am I helping yeah. the project? Yeah, that's the way to manage, I think, you know, for sure. And, the, and sometimes the public, they, they look at it like, well, okay, what takes so long in government? But, I mean, I appreciate your praise of, of our systems, our personnel that we have in Pompano. But still, working in government, as you now know, it's it's not as simple as just going out and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Right. Um, it's a deliberate process that we have to go through. So the public looks at it like, well, okay, just... 
go build that bridge. Well, we can't just go build that bridge. First, he has to stop. He has to have the public hearings with the public. Um, and it's and then we have to go through the procurement process, which takes extra time. You know, private industry, it's like they want to do something, they do it because they're spending their dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, in our situation, representing the, the city of Pompano Beach, we're spending taxpayer dollars, which is a precious resource. Absolutely. Um, so we have to be very, very careful and deliberate the way we go through these things. And the public doesn't all, always understand that. They think, well, okay, we voted for all these projects, so just make it happen. Yeah. Well, it's a it's press not, the button, right? Yeah, it's not that simple. We have to go through all these processes to make sure that we stay on top of everything and we don't make a mistake. Um, you know, it's in, 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 for instance, remember the the fire station on the beach. Um, we had one particular project, um, a fire station on the beach, which was uh, we went through all the proper procedures and everything else and bid it out and went with, you know, ranked the contractors, all this kind of stuff. But then finally, it turns out, okay. We started the project and it's starting to come out of the ground and one thing after another happens and turns out the contractor couldn't complete the, the project. And so, um, of course, then lawyers get involved and all this kind of stuff. And, and the project sat for like nine months, a, mm-hmm. a year. And everybody's looking at, it, at the city saying, well, what's going on? Why don't you just, if you, okay, had to fire the contractor, we'll hire a new contractor. But we couldn't just go out and do that because we had to deal with the previous contractor's insurance company um, because we wanted to make sure that the taxpayer wouldn't have to pay twice for the job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got all kinds of grief because of the extra time it took. But that's the kind of things that people don't don't realize that that's what happens in government. Uh, we have to be very very careful about the dollars that we're spending because it's it's taxpayer dollars, and we've got to do the right thing for the taxpayer. Yeah, it's nice to explain it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And to tag along what what the mayor was explaining, you know, you you know you have an idea, you put a design together. Oh, let's go build it. There's a process in between, the permitting process. If I can control strictly the city's part of the permitting process, eh, that'll be easy. It's in-house, third floor, just go upstairs and, you know, complain to my my fellow coworkers, Mm -hmm. I need my permit. But a lot of the permits don't start at the city. They start outside, outside government agencies that they have their own protocols, their own timelines, their own backlogs. It's not that I just show up today, here's my permit, and I'm the very first person on the list, and they just drop everything and take care of me. The Fishing Pier is a prime example. It took two years to get a permit from the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. Well, I'm not blaming FDEP for their process for taking so long. They have to take care of every city, Mm -hmm. every application throughout the entire state. And I don't care how many staffers you put on, People can only do so much. So it's very difficult for people to understand that that process is lengthy, tedious. Yeah. And and then you have then you have other agencies, Florida Power and Light. You need their electricity. Well, again, same idea. We're not the only client. There's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of applications that they they have to re- receive, process, and permit and complete designs, and then turn, turn them back to you for you to do your job. So the process is very, very lengthy, very slow. The people's expectation is, oh, we just approved your contract. You got $2 million. Go build it. Tomorrow mm-hmm. morning should be built. You got plenty of money to build this. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. And yep. it's never enough money. There's yeah. always issues. Yeah. So, But, you know, when you talk about connected by water, I mean, that's a prime example of what Horatio was just talking about with our peer. Um, those other government agencies that we had to get permits from, they're there for a reason. They Mm -hmm. are there to help and make sure that, okay, what we're doing is not going to damage the environment. 
Um, so they've got different different mandates. Our our mandate from our taxpayer is okay. Make sure we we do the right thing by the for the tax tax money. But the FDEP they they look at things differently from their regulatory standpoint. They want to make sure that what we're doing in the water isn't going to damage the 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 sea sea life there and things of that nature. So. You know, all these different government agencies, they've got different mandates that they work under, but it's all to try and make sure the right thing is happening based upon the input from the public. Right. You know, I think it's important that people see that. I mean, especially as we go down this next road, this next phase of what you guys have in the store, um, I don't envy that part of what you guys just mentioned at all, at the job that you guys have to do to organize that end of it. Um, It's got to be a little bit of a nightmare. Um, you know, but it's all for the greater good and worth it in the end. Um, so take us through, if you could, some of the new projects that are going on around town. Um, I don't know how much you guys are allowed we to have expand a, upon it. have uh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> We've got a <laughs> lot of great projects coming Let's up. Go. Pompano uh, Beach is a city of opportunity on the move. I'll tell you what, it really is. Go ahead, Horatio. Well, I, I'm just <laughs> going to touch on some of the highlights of some of the general uh, obligation bond projects that are that are coming off the ground, which are the, the, the biggest things that we have as initiatives in the city today from the public standpoint. And then we can touch on a couple of the private ones. But changes to State Road 81A. Mm-hmm. We're going to underground the overhead utilities throughout five miles of corridor. That's really, that's a, yeah. you know, that's something that's, that's that is going to be, that's going to be great when it's yeah. done. Yeah. From an aesthetic standpoint, it takes the poles, it takes right. the lines, not a big visual thing. But from an operational standpoint, that's a game changer because yeah. you're on the Barrett Island. Power goes out on any hurricane or tropical storm or even tropical depressions. And this is one of those things that when we do it, if we do it right, we'll begin to remove that major problem to thousands of people that live in that area. Mm-hmm. Then beautifying that particular, those five miles of corridor it is called a scenic highway for a reason. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to provide that scenic view for miles and miles on end. And the Pompano Beach is one of the most important ones today, particularly because Florida has already done its part. It's our turn to show that we can come up with something just as important and as, as uh, attractive as the other communities have done. And we're kind of in between and a very good area to really make a statement. You know, once you go south of, of un, um, sorry, north of Lauderdale by the sea and you get to Hillsboro Inlet, then the only way to get to the beach is Atlantic Boulevard. You get to Atlantic Boulevard and you're in a real, real great place for redevelopment, opportunity, and really enjoy the widest beach in the county. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why this project is so important to us. And then Dixie Highway just, you know, five miles west of that is another five miles of roadway connecting all of the the intercoastal cities, mm-hmm. all the way from Fort Lauderdale, all the way out to Deerfield within the county. Five miles of roadway that are the support and the relief to I-95. So doing a good job is crucial, but primarily it passes right through the heart of the city. So downtown, the downtown court of the city is serviced by Dixie Highway. Are you taking the poles down there on Dixie too? We can't. can't we can't right? do yeah, that. I was yeah. going to no, say that. That's, no, I think, a no, different animal. No, yeah. we can't do yeah. that. Um, it, it, the problem is you know, sometimes you're removing poles, 
is a function of knowing whether it is a transmission line or a regular line. Transmission lines are extremely costly and extremely difficult to put under the ground. Okay. It requires putting these monster structures, so we're not doing that. But the beautification of that will have an impact, or particularly an area that is really um, blighted and tired looking mm -hmm. on the south side of the city, and bringing people to downtown, we want to revitalize the downtown. This is a great opportunity to capitalize on right. that. Right, so then you're going to channel that corridor through Atlantic Boulevard. Yeah, right. yeah well, There's some new development going on there as well. Yeah, right? yeah. well, th th this is all really t for all of our major corridors. I mean, it's, you know, it's you know, A1A, and then you've got Dixie Highway, but that th those both feed into Atlantic Boulevard. And Atlantic Boulevard is pretty much Main Street, Pompano Beach. Mm -hmm. And we've got a lot of things happening along Atlantic Boulevard. It's I mean, it's not... Um, it, you know, we've already done a bunch of work to Atlantic, and now we're working on other other corridors. And we've got plans already instituted in place for Atlantic Boulevard to guide the redevelopment there. A lot of a lot of things going to be happening in the future. But we've set the public sector side um, of the zoning and all that kind of stuff along Atlantic Boulevard to really foster some heavy redevelopment along there. And that's also where we want to keep on all of our major corridors, Atlantic Boulevard, Federal Highway, Dixie Highway, that's where we want to focus and try and make sure we keep the population density. Because people are moving to Florida every day. I mean, we all know yeah, that. Yeah, it's not slowing down. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, for good reason. We live in paradise. Sure. Um, of course, there's challenges to that, and we have to have to manage the population growth. And we don't want to um, impact our single-family neighborhoods, so the only place to put additional density is along our major corridors, mm -hmm. which that helps with the uh, with the public transportation also. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, I think it's really great also in light of all this construction and, and development um, and progression that the city has not forgotten about art. Oh, yeah. Which obviously uh, is our number one topic here in the studio, art and water, you know. Yeah. But, you know, so that's why it's the city of Pompano for us has been such a great relationship because it really is putting um, art at the forefront of a town that really speaks to our you know, our identity as a studio as well. So, yeah. um, so you guys have done an outstanding job. Um, so as you know, Lamar, um, Fisher, you know, previous to this, they've done an outstanding job of putting art at the forefront, um, of, you know, everything the town has done really. They, yeah. they always consider it seemingly on every project. And I love that. Yeah. Cause that started, that started several years back. Um, there, actually there was a gentleman by the name of Bill Vins. Okay. Um, he lived in, uh, the high Ridge area along McNabb road there. And he was a, a big proponent of public art. Mm -hmm. And he came forward to the city and said, I mean, he talked to me at length about it and said, hey, you know, this really adds to the soul of a community. He was an artist himself. Um, he actually had a, uh, a marketing background, but he, he did art on himself. And so we brought it forward and eventually incorporated the public art portion, which um, there's a percentage of, of every improvement project that the city does, public improvements, there's a percentage of each of those, the dollars get donated to, or not donated to, but allocated to the public art process. That's how we have the money to actually do the public art, which mm -hmm. of course that's wrapping of the, of this, of the boxes, that's um, all the different public art that we've been doing. Um, because we felt it was important to move forward. It's, it adds to the to the soul of a community, it really does, and and that in in turn has actually spurred so much different culture and cultural activities and stuff. But yeah, I mean, art it just adds to the adds to the culture, the the, the soul of a community. It really does. I mean, and stuff like what you do, it's it's fantastic, um, and it sets a community apart. And Pompano Beach really has. I mean, it's, I can't tell you how many places I've been where I have other 
other elected officials from other communities, they say, man, you guys are doing a great job there. I mean, all of your, all of your, uh, your traffic control boxes are all wrapped now. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, things as simple as that. I mean, you think to yourself, well, that's not that big a deal. It's like, well, but no, it is a big deal. Arts and the details. Yeah, yep. it really is. And, and people, it's like they, they, they drive by it, by it, you know, every day for like six months. And then finally they realize, oh, Wow, that's really cool that that mm -hmm. that box is wrapped in in a neat art thing, and it's and they, they, then it's and people start to have pride in their community, and when you know one thing leads to another, when you incorporate art into a community, people do start to have pride. They start to take better care of their community. Before you know it, I mean, it's just it's just a whole wrapped up in in a people care than about their city. Yeah, um, I couldn't and, agree more. I yeah. mean, obviously that's the business we're in, um, so we feel strongly about everything that you just said for mm -hmm. sure. But it is, and even like, you know, from the transverse effect, the negative things that don't get cleaned up or, you know, that also goes into your soul in a different way. Yeah. You know, so it, combating that with art, I think, helps tremendously. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, I always feel that when you look back in history and you want to see how a culture or a town or a city or a country lived, you always look to the art. And I also think architecture is part of that as well. Um, you, know, you always look to the art to see how the time was. Yeah. You know, yeah. to see how everything was. And someone has that, that travels to Europe extensively. You, you, you put it right, right perfectly because, you know, if it's not, an, if, if you don't see it, you won't recognize it. And when you travel, like, you know, I've been blessed that I've, that I've been able to travel extensively in different parts of the world. You arrive at a part of the world and, you know, now you recognize Rome because of the Trevi Fountain. Mm -hmm. That's hard. That's something that has transcended for years and years and years. And people actually get on a plane just to go see that. Mm -hmm. That's what the, the Atlantic Boulevard Bridge meant to me. Yeah. Doing something that bring people back here to see something that is special, it's unique, it's rare, is the element of surprise. I, I was, in, I was in, um, uh, in Bratislava a couple of years back. And I'm walking around the town. Yes, it's, it's this old Eastern European type city. I'm not expecting anything great. And all of a sudden, I come to a corner where there's a statue of a person that is supposedly opening a manhole. That's the statue. It's on the floor, yeah. barely a foot off the, off the ground. It's, oh, my God. People actually lined up for a approximately 30 minutes to take a picture next to that statue. Yeah. It was something Art's that a powerful no, thing. It really nobody is. even expected to see. Well, you know, now the word spreads out. You go to TripAdvisor, hey, if you go to Bratislava, mm -hmm. go to that place. And, and that's exactly what happens with art. That's what yeah. art does to, to a place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, it draws people. It's, it, yeah, word spreads, it's, you know, I mean, now think about it. In New York City, okay, you've got the bull and, the, and, and now the girl. Um, in Wall Street, I mean, it, it, Chicago, you've got the great sphere that, ever, you know, it, it's yep. been, how many different movies? I mean, it, art begins to identify a location. Um, and that's what people, that's what people remember the location. It's like, wow, that, that fantastic art was in Pompano Beach. When I was, when I was on the water taxi, I saw that fantastic art in Pompano Beach that wrapped that bridge. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of, I mean, I it, get texts every day. Yeah. It's every I mean, day. Like, Hey, look yeah. what I'm driving past. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the coolest part to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And it's, and you know, it's stuff like that. It, hopefully we, we can, we can make it last forever. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, and it, 
it just builds. And you know, the more you have in a community like that, it just it's it's great. It's a great. I'm glad situation. you brought up the other towns around the country, like Chicago and you know in, the, in New York, the, with, the, with the public art that they have. And I just got back from D.C. Uh, for a trip, and I saw. I mean, that town is just filled with public art all over the place, um, mostly historical, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still art and it's, it's beautiful work. Um, and when people don't think that that has an impact on your community, it most certainly does. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they say, oh, well, you should be putting the money to this or putting the money to that, it's like, well, you know what? The long-term effect that art has for your town is so intrinsic and, and it pays you back tenfold. Yeah. Yeah, a hundredfold, you know? And, and you know, it's, it's funny, though, you mentioned that because when we actually first were having the discussions about our public art program, like I said, diverting a small percentage of the funds from our, our capital improvement project, um, there was a little hesitancy on the part of the commission to begin with, just just a little bit, because it's like, wow, you know, but we're taking this money, um, we're taking taxpayer dollars, and we're spending it on art. Um, is this something we really think we ought to do? But, you know, the amount of public pushback we had was next to none. Right. Um, People that, want that for their community. Yeah, and, and, and now that they're starting to see the results of that public art, I mean, we get nothing but praise. And, I, and I've got I've to give kudos to our public art committee. They do a great job. We've got a, a committee set up with a, a group of volunteers and these mm-hmm. folks are just volunteers. All of our committees, volunteers that they, they give of their time to try and make our community better. And, and, you know, we've got the public art community, that committee that goes through and tries to identify the projects, identify where it goes. Then they have to, of course, go through and identify the various artists who will, who will be doing the projects. But, but yeah, after after we started the projects, I mean, started the program, the public art, and started to roll it out with actual projects. People look at it, and they, it's like, no, nobody, nobody, nobody minds spending that money. It's yeah. it's like absolutely, please, it, it has added to our community. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, to tag along that, when you're you're building a city that that was tired and had very little change for for many many decades, you know, the transformation of that city takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, we are a touristic city. How it is gonna, a transformation. How, how we're sure. going to attract yeah. tourists to our city, we have nothing to give them. We have nothing attractive to them. And the, the art is one of the things that en- enters your eyes immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's one good restaurant. Okay, that's it. That's one restaurant. No, we have to have multiple restaurants. You have one nice mural. No, you have to have multiple murals. It, it's, it's what people want to come back and see over and over and over. Right. And the more variety you give them, the more the reason to come back. Yeah. It gives the town an identity. It gives the town a brand. Yes. I mean, that people can be associated with that. People want to be a part of, even if they're not living in that yes. town. I mean, you don't, like we said before, you don't travel to Rome because they had a great financial system. Right. Back no. in, back in no, the year 200. Yeah. You, you go to see the Sistine Chapel. Yes. You, you go to see St. Peter's Basilica. Correct. You know, that, that's why you go there. That's, and that's what gives people that live there to stay all their pride. Listen, mm-hmm. the tourists yeah. spend the money on pictures. Yeah, that's where they spend the money. Yeah. Right, they don't go inside of a regular building at you know at this corner. They they go to something that they they identify themselves with, or they can they can relate to later when yeah. they come back home. We think yeah. about think about Key West. Okay, how many people have taken a picture at the southern southernmost Correct. point? That's yes. that that, that yeah. stupid little buoy they set yep. there. Um, there's always well, a line. Not, yeah, there's yeah. always yeah. a line there. A yeah. long that's line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's iconic and it's recognized yeah. worldwide now. And that's what we're really doing in Pompano Beach. We're focusing on making sure that what we do is iconic for our community. So people will remember it and want to come there and want mm-hmm. to visit and bring their tourist dollars. And that makes a, the community better for, for all the residents and businesses. And it just all goes together. And it's, yeah. 
it's been a, a long process to get to this point, but it's it's working. It really is. Yeah, well, so far, so good. I mean, I know that the improvements that were made at the beach alone were, I mean, yeah. that, that place is, it's, it's so nice now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I grew up, that's the beach I really grew up on. Yeah. And to see it now compared to the way it was before, and not that it was like trash before, but it was just a basic beach. Mm-hmm. And now it's really a place to come and you got the whole little shack there, which is like yeah. so charming. Um, and that's got to affect, you know, the new businesses that are popping up there, oh, yeah. um, right, right along that little corner. And we got a bunch of new businesses popping up there yes. now being constructed and built. Now mm-hmm. you got the beach house, um, yeah. and you got the, what's the Oceanic. name of the Oceanic, yeah, the Oceanic yeah. restaurant yeah. that popped up and you're going to have a lot of stores and the burger five moving in. Like, yeah. it's going to be really kind of like a beach, little beachy town. You can walk around. It's going to imagine. Fun. If we did not pay attention to art or iconic structures or things that are attractive, what would our garage look like? Yeah, right. Maybe just a simple box. It'll be functional. It'll yeah. do its trick. Whole cars. Right. But it would not be an attraction. And we wanted to make sure that we did that because those restaurants need to attract people to mm-hmm. survive. So every part that we do to help them out is only going to make us all better in the end. Yeah. And, you know, that's where it all started. So. Yeah. And, and I agree. And, you know, and to the opposite effect of that too. Um, I, and I don't know if I'm going to speak out of turn here, but what you did recently with the public storage buildings, mm-hmm. I think it was a very smart move. Yeah. I think it, in light of all the, the different things we have going on and the commerce and everything that's involved with it, I think it's a very bold approach, but a very smart approach. And, and I commend you for that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back to the beach and going back to the, the waterways and everything like that, the city has a, with all this construction and all this new development going on, has a certain responsibility to the water. Um, and because Pompano, w- along with Fort Lauderdale, two very unique towns um, that have a, a finger in intracoastal inter- infrastructure that goes into these neighborhoods. Um, so when, you know, anything happens, you know, with the water, you, you know, a lot of people get affected. Um, I think, you know, recent things that have happened, you guys have handled appropriately. Um, and, you know, also for the record, Stinkholes County, it's not city. So and I want you to maybe if you could take us through some of the things that the, that the city does um, just to keep the, the environment intact. Um, you know, I know you have what a master's in environmental science, right? Correct. So you have a pretty, pretty tight um, understanding on what needs to happen and, and the responsibility of what needs to happen. So other measures that the city takes? Well, for starters, we, our standard procedures not only equal but exceed stringent regulations on how to operate in an environment. So we not only are, are, are in our, the way that we design, the way that we build things, they all have to meet a certain criteria. We are even more stringent even to ourselves to make sure that we're not going to impact the ecology of the area. So you go beyond what's required. We're, we usually go way, mm-hmm. way, way beyond. Um, we have a, an, a very aggressive internal program in our utilities department to upgrade all our utilities and keep our utilities newer and fresher. Uh, we most recently did a $32 million um, stormwater revolving loan to be able to help us upgrade a whole host of utilities that were already outdated. Now, listen, I used to work in the city of New York. Mm-hmm. There were water mains in Wall Street that were built in the 1840s. By the time I left New York, they were still functioning perfectly fine. Now, that would not apply here in Pompano. 
every 50 years we renew our city, our youth structures. Why? Because that's the life cycle. Mm-hmm. So our, our plan is, is set up structurally wise to make sure that that system will always function the way it's intended at all times. No risk, taking no risk because the livelihood of people, the health of people is, is very important to us. So our plans are, they're conservative, yet they're aggressive. Conservative in the sense that we, we, we'd want to you know, take care of a taxpayers' funds in the right way, but aggressive in the way that we don't want to wait until the last second before we take measures or we do the right thing for the people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, and you know, part of, part of protecting our environment is our utilities. Um, our utilities, people not, may not realize it. It's Horatio talking about, you know. Yeah, we, that's kind of why I want to bring it up because I wanted maybe to, use, to shed a light on stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, people say, well, what, is, what does that have to do with the, the water and, and all that? But I'll tell you what, our sewer pipes, um, the, it's, a, it's a huge problem with, with some communities where their sewer pipes are older, they're leaking, things of that nature. In Pompano Beach, we take, we take very close examinations of all of our pipes because you don't want either water from the outs- outside coming into your sewer system because that adds to the, the sewer flow going to the county pi- county facility and then out, out to the stink hole. Likewise, you don't want sewage seeping out of your sewer pipes either because that contaminates the, the environment. Right. So that's, I mean, a lot of places, it's like they don't pay, and I'm not pointing any fingers at any other communities, but some places don't pay attention to their public utilities in that manner. And yeah, they've got serious issues where they've got contamination of groundwater that takes place because their sewer pipes are so leaky uh, because they haven't been taken care of, they haven't been maintained, um, things of that nature. So yeah, it's, it, it is an important component of the overall environment, environmental aspect of a community. Uh, but also we've, we've taken additional steps and, and most of this is through uh, the big problem with our surface waters is the flood control issues. Because when, when it rains, everything that's on that street gets washed off. Mm-hmm. And everything that's in your, your grass gets washed off. Um, and where does that all that water go? Eventually it goes into the ocean. And that's, that's what we need to try and address before those contaminants actually make it to the to the canals and stuff like that. And yes, we, we take steps to make sure that we've got the proper, proper diverters in, in place and all this kind of stuff so that some of those contaminants do not make it into our water, water system. Um, and that's, uh, that's a proactive step that we, we do with, with all construction now. Um, and it's important to, to do all that kind of stuff because now we live in a critical environment down here where, yeah, it's, it's important to make sure we all pay attention to it. Um, but things that, I mean, but the water, I mean, connected by water, that's, that's, that's what this is all about. But yeah, yeah um, we've got serious issues that are, that are facing us in the, in the future as far as the water in, mm-hmm. in, in, in our environment, because no, with, with rising sea levels, it's, it's, it's a huge issue. Um, we're going to have huge costs, not very far down the road, as far as trying to deal with some of the rising sea level issues. Um, right now there's a, there's an issue before the county where seawalls are going to have to be raised and it's going to be mandatory. They get raised. If you have water from the canals cascading over a seawall, it's going to be mandatory that those seawalls sea get raised. Um, and that's happening already in Pompano Beach. I mean, everybody focuses on Fort Lauderdale with the king tide flooding, but it happens in Pompano Beach also. We've got areas. Um, so this, I mean, the, 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 the water in South Florida, it is so important that we all pay attention to what's going on, not just the quality, but also that, yeah, we've got to pay attention to how we're going to pay for some of these things long term so that we can all still live down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for sure. And, 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 and as far as environment goes, it's like, well, what about our drinking water? Um, with rising sea levels, 
that's going to that's going to put pressure on our drinking water. Well, Pompano Beach, I'm I'm very proud to say, talk about our utility department. We've got uh, what's called our Oasis program, and that's uh, that's a reuse program where we actually take sewage from that from that pipe, that outfall pipe that the county has. We actually take part of that outflow and we actually repurpose it and we we reprocess it, we purify it and we pipe it out so that people can use that for irrigation. They can use it for watering their grass. They can use it um, to, 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 to put it, actually it's, it's an up in lighthouse point, not just in Pompano, but we spread, we share the wealth with this, with this precious resource, which is the reuse water. Um, and what that has done is actually that has, there's, there's a, a thing called the saltwater intrusion front. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's down in the, in the ground actually, where the salt water is pushing in against our freshwater wells, freshwater, which the Biscayne aquifer is, is just underneath the, the, the land also. And that's freshwater mm-hmm. that pushes out. Well, the more fresh water you draw out of the aquifer for drinking water, um, the further that saltwater intrusion line can come in. Well, in Pompano, we've actually been successful because of our reuse program. We've pushed that saltwater intrusion line further out towards the ocean. And that's, I mean, it, it, that is a huge, huge accomplishment. And that's something that Pompano yeah, Beach Yeah, it sounds is, like it. It really is. Um, people, and, and you know... Trust me, our reuse water. I mean, it is it is such a, a a great thing to have. Everybody in Pompano wants it. I mean, it's people in in Old Pompano, people in Garden Isles, mm-hmm. people in Palmyre. I mean, everybody would love to have this because it's cheaper. It's cheaper to use reuse water for watering your grass than it is to use regular potable water. But we've made the focus of our reuse um, water on the eastern areas because we knew that that would push that saltwater intrusion line back, and it's it's really been very successful. Yeah, it's yeah. all refreshing to hear, especially in light of the recent things that we had with the Lake Okeechobee bloom, the algae yeah. blooms and everything, which in my mind, Governor DeSantis has done a great job stepping in right away and really handling that issue, or at least taking the initial steps, the right initial steps yes. to start handling that issue. Um, you know, we don't really get too uh, much into politics on this show, um, mostly because it's not, I'm not yeah. smart enough to talk about people who actually know a lot about politics, you know, but you know, it seems to me like of what I know and do a pay attention to water issues. Um, that is the number yeah. one cause on this show, if we have a cause. Um, and, you know, him taking out the, the water commission and revitalizing that entire thing, I think was a really bold step, but yeah. I think the right one that needed to happen. So it has been a refreshing change. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that did, that didn't come in affect us in a negative way that it could have in, in such a negative, that it had the potential to. And I'm actually even more happy to hear that, we're combating this um, in a foresight way mm-hmm. um, to, to, to make sure that, you know, things like that don't happen to us here. Yeah. But the other, the other thing that I'd, um, I, 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 I want to express about our program and how aggressive and how important it is for us to take water matters very seriously. We have a, uh, an impair canal Impaired Canal that was it, it designated as such for many, many years, Canal C-14, mm-hmm. just east of City Hall. Impaired and just home on impaired. Means, right. Just Impairment means that, that there's there's a couple of uh, indicators that are higher in, in uh, concentration than they should be. Total suspended solids and biochemical oxygen demand. Those act in such a way that they kill fish or they kill the, the natural environment. This that, is due to, due to lack of salinity? Well, no, it is it is due to concentrations of what people discharge. Oh, okay. So gotcha. the discharge affects the that like the runoff and column yeah, of yeah, okay. column of water, and that column of water does not get enough oxygen to sustain itself. So whatever is life, 
disappears. Ultimately, that could convert into something called eutrophication, where there's everything is totally dead. And those things don't happen quite often in Florida, but they can happen. But interestingly enough, it took us years and years to almost remove that word impaired from that canal. That is a process that can take decades because it's, it's a natural attenuation process that has to happen. And without us do, taking the measurements that we did internally with discharges and protecting our sewer system and protecting our leakage and so forth, we would not be where we are today. Yeah. In addition to that, we are in an area that is just, just to the west of that particular location. We have 3,000 acres of what is called brownfields. That means it's repurposed land that has been at one point full of toxic material. Where is this? This is on, it's what is called the Northwest CRA. It is a whole brownfield. So now by the mere fact that it's been designated as such, it allows us to repurpose it and clean it and make it usable. And we little by little have been doing that. One of those is the Innovation District, which is just to the north of Atlantic Boulevard. We were talking about how important Atlantic Boulevard is and how important is that? Well, from a job engine, creating jobs, from an opportunity to live and live, play and have fun. The innovation district is gonna be the future of the city for many, many years to come. And, and, And all of this was positioned purposely to create that. Clean areas, good places for people to live, easily accessible roadways and highways, and clean water. The images that have been released on that were absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they're yeah. spectacular. That, that, that's going to be a really pretty project when it's done. Well, imagine that you know one of the things that people treasure the most, and or, or at least us, I guess, is waterfront. Right. The water has a special value, whether you drink it or whether you enjoy just viewing it. Yeah. And creating a waterfront area in the Innovation District was one of the visions that the city commission pushed forward to create just that, to create that special environment that it becomes the new Amsterdam or the new San Antonio's, Mm -hmm. but in Pampano Beach. Small version, one that is manageable to us, but good enough that it will become a, a magnet to important companies to come in and invest in the city and create jobs. If our projections stay within the realm of, of, our calculations, we could generate as many as 4,000 new jobs. Yeah. That is huge. I, for I was city. looking at that project. That was, I looked at my first reaction was that is going to benefit everybody. Yes. Like yes. it really is. Yes. Even artists. I mean, in, in, in business, course. business owners and just people for the value of their community, yeah, you know, and course. just, you know, loving their community and it's going to be great. It's, yeah. it's well, huge. It's huge. Some of the more, most, the, the, the better thriving complexes, so to speak, or, you know, like, like, you know, places where you congregate massive structures of concrete and, and, and very little life. The only thing that you have to look forward to is, is, is that body of water. That body of water is what gives you the peaceful feeling at 12 o'clock when you go out to lunch. Yeah. You can sit outside in a picnic area and, and that view is what, what actually helps you breathe a little fresh air. Yeah, and, and it makes very, a big difference when important. it's beautiful and it's flowing yeah. and oh, it's yes. clear. Yes. And yeah, yeah. So for sure. That's it. Our, you know. our plan is, 
aggressive there too. So That's hopefully it. we're going to make it happen. Having, yeah. that, having that water feature incorporated into that innovation zone district, it's just, it, it's going to set it off. And it's, and it's, it's a necessary evil in one form or fashion anyway, because we have to accommodate drainage. Mm -hmm. um, anytime you build anything in South Florida, um, you have to figure out, well, where's the drainage going to go? Because um, it's going to rain. We know that. So it has to run off somewhere and we don't want it running off into, you know, like, like the ocean. So it's a, you need to accommodate drainage on site. And part of, part of the, the, what we figured out doing is instead of just uh, having it running out to the ocean, well, let's, let's, let's create this canal, these canals, these waterways that people can actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it, it serves the purpose of, of drainage also, but not just some, some hole that sometimes is wet. It's going to be you know, actual navigable canals. And that's, uh, that's, I mean, connected by water. This, yeah, is, that's great. this is South Florida. That's what people, I mean, when people come to South Florida, they, they don't think, well, okay, I'm going down to South Florida to, uh, to live in some just city area where there's nothing. No, they think, wow, the beach, the water, the, 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 the South Florida and lifestyle and that, that all, it's all about water and it's all connected with water. It's like people just, that's what people think of when they think of South Florida. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why the name of this whole company and this podcast made sense to us because it's that's yeah. the town that I grew up in. Just that's it's really just it's all part of the fabric of the people, you know. And I think the cool thing is about what Pompano is doing, or one of the cool things. There's a lot of cool things. Um, is that it used to be, a long time ago, folks from up north would say, "I'm going to come down to Florida to visit my aunt or my grandmother or something like that," and they would be in this little house and it really wouldn't be much nothing but the beach mm -hmm. and this house right but what pompano is doing and you know other towns you know are contributing to this as well is they're doing unique things like this and unique projects like this to make it more than just about you know the weather yeah you know they're making about it being everything like this is the best place in the world to be and you know the infrastructures that are being built and the character that the towns have is making a big difference in transforming, you know, us from being just, uh, just a place to just hide out for like a couple, like a couple of yeah. weeks on vacation to like, really, I want to be there. Well, one of the misconceptions of, the, of people that do not live in Florida is that not everybody in Florida is old. Yeah. Right. There are young people. <laughs> there are young yeah. families. Here. There are young yeah. families and young families need to do things, need to entertain their kids, need to entertain themselves, need to go dine and wine. Mm -hmm. So you can no longer have that thought that, okay, it's only for the 65 plus. Our yeah. So our community, Pampano is being built for the purposes of accommodating all ages. Mm -hmm. Now we're not Orlando. We don't have this new world. We don't have to have it. We just need to have Pampano's yeah, we identity. Need like that here. Yeah. We need to have Pampano's identity and Pampano's identity can have just as many accommodations for the old as it is for the young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the vision that is that has been moving forward for the past ten years, and it's been very successful because now people recognize that. In the past, people would say, "Pampano, where is that?" Yeah. They don't even know where right. we are. Yeah. Now, in between Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Now, to now you look at the Expedias of this world or the Travelocities of this world, and they have us listed as a place to go. It is not by accident; it's for good reason. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. it, you, you, we talk about Disney World. You're right. We don't want to be Disney. We don't need Disney World, but. Still, we exist in a competitive environment. Mm -hmm. um, some most folks don't realize that, but we are a tourism-based economy. Um, and with tourists, they can go anywhere they want. They can go to Disney World. They can stop there. 
um, spend all their dollars there. They can go to, you know, skiing out in Colorado. They can go, they can go to Europe. They can go anywhere they want. But we want to make sure that Pompano Beach pops up so they think about coming to South Florida to Pompano Beach to, to stay in their vacation, to spend their dollars here. That helps support our economy. That helps support our community. That helps help our property values. So we are competing with every other um, tourist destination in the world. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, a, it's about quality of life for our residents, um, which everything we're doing is, that's what it's for. But also we're making sure that we are a competitive environment for tourists because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they help support all the things that we want for our residents and our businesses. Um, and that's, you know, their dollars, their dollars come into play. And yes, it's, we are competing against Disney world. Um, we've got something that Disney world can't touch and it is the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we just may have to make sure that there's other stuff besides just the beach. And, and, and yeah, cause years ago it was, it was pretty much a retirement community. Okay. Come to Pompano beach, buy a condo and it's nice and quiet and all that kind of stuff. Well, People who live in Pompano Beach, they they got tired of going to other communities to spend their dollars because, right. yeah, you've got people who, who are, you know, have money to spend. They're growing up. They've got their kids. And they were they were crying out saying, you know, we love Pompano Beach, but we're getting tired of having to go to Fort Lauderdale or, or South Beach or something like that to really have a good time and find something to do. If we want to go to the beach, of course, we're going to go to Pompano Beach, but all we do there is just lay on the beach because there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So that's why we set, set on this course to try and change that then for the for the residents, and but also bearing in mind the competitive advantage that we, we want to build for our brand, Pompano Beach, worldwide. And we've, we've worked hard on that. We Actually, years ago, we hired a tourism manager who goes out and does just that. I mean, talks about Pompano Beach worldwide. She goes to uh, conferences all around the world to advertise Pompano Beach. I mean, it's it, things as simple as that, just getting the word out there that we we are welcoming tourism and we, we are doing stuff to try and give tourists something to do here. And that's uh, that's an important part of the whole economics of South Florida. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. arts, investing in arts and entertainment is definitely the way to do that. Well, mm-hmm. the, the commission made a, a huge investment on that. We started with the Cultural Center just mm-hmm. to the east of City Hall. Which is amazing. Phenomenal. Connected to the north to the Bailey Art Center, mm-hmm. and then connected to the west to the Ally Building, mm-hmm. which is another great. There are events at each and every one of these places constantly, and top it all, we have an amphitheater, which is going to be a venue of epic proportions. Once that we finish up covering the roof, which is another general obligation bond initiative, and you know we we're booking all of these events and all of these concerts and all these activities. Is the cultural art movement that in, that's going to move Pompano to a different level? Yeah, let's not let's not forget about uh, we also. I mean, it's, on the culture aspect, we also have the Ely Museum. Mm-hmm. That's you know, Blanche yep. Ely. That's our house. I mean, that's a museum. If you if you haven't been there yet, you really should go because it's it's wonderful in there. We've got the Sam McDougall House. I mean, mm-hmm. that's another cult, cultural artifact. I mean, we've we're, we've really. Um, we really push this because we realize that, yeah, it's important for the, for the fabric of a community to have this kind of stuff. And it, and it really, it does, it pays huge, huge dividends. In, in fact, um, I don't, I don't know if you, Chris Longsworth, he's a developer mm-hmm. and he's building, uh, building the project, the Coid project right there on Atlantic Boulevard. And he took a, he took a huge gamble. Um, he, he came to Pompano beach, um, right after the, right after the recession, cra- the crash. Um, and he actually came and he bought that property and said, I'm going to build there. He took a huge risk because it's like, well, number one, that was 
before Pompano was quote unquote hot. Mm -hmm. um, so he was like uh, before other people were taking a look at Pompano for development. And number two, he came at the you know at when everything was kind of on in shambles as far as development. Um, but he came and he invested his money um, in this project because of some of the plans we had for our cultural center. He said, if you guys are going to invest in your community like that for culture, that tells me that your community is developing into the kind of community that I want to, I want to invest in. Mm -hmm. So that's, and that's really what this has all been about. It's about spending public dollars for public improvements, but that just brings such a huge influx of private dollars into your into your community, and that's it's been shown. I mean, studies show that okay, for every what is it, Horatio? I, I think it's a, for every dollar in public improvements we do, we get something like six or ten dollars of private investment into our community. Mm -hmm. So it's not just it's not just <coughs> oh we want to see pretty pictures and we want to you know have it's no, yeah. it's, it's, it's beyond it's, that. Yeah, it's beyond yeah. that. It's it's for you know helping develop our community, and that's what uh, you know that's 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 what it's all about, and for the residents. Pl plus. Preserving the history of the community. Yeah, you know the Blanchilli. That's one of the things I wanted to talk house is crucial to preserving that value of that that fabric of that community that dates back many many decades ago, and and, and the and the great contributions that Blanchilli made to that community yeah. is a way to honor that and and and, and keep it alive. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the Rock Road Restoration Group when yes. at, at the alley alley building. It's like yeah, we hist I mean, people think that well and. It's, it's, Pompano doesn't have any history, but we really do. We've got a, a rich lot of history. history. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's old Definitely. community. You know, and that's one of the things I wanted to kind of kind of, at least state for me, for get this off my chest, is that I think, you know, if you look at a town like Key West and you look at a town like Pompano, I think there's a lot of similarities there, right? And I think that the town of Pompano itself is really has a lot of charm and historical from almost like, you know, that water-faring town or that, sailing or fishing yeah. or, or diving kind of town and that being part of its character. And I think that's one of the things that I saw when I saw you guys approaching this at first from a cultural aspect and an art aspect is that it wasn't just a bunch of buildings starting to pop up, you know, which I think if that would have happened, everyone would have kind of raised an eyebrow like, Hey, what's going on with Pompano? Yeah. But I think the fact that they're trying to keep the character of the town alive through this development process it's really important. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually probably been the most important decision of it all is to say, like, we have to do that because Pompano itself has that charm to it against all other towns mm -hmm. um, in the area, against most other towns along the coast too. I think so more so than Fort Lauderdale, more so than Boca. Boca is what it is. Fort Lauderdale is what it is. But Pompano has a charm to it that I think needs to be maintained. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's always a balancing act, uh, but yeah. that's, that's in, in every, uh, you know, from a political aspect, that's, you know, that's what I've heard from the residents time and time again when I'm out there running for office. That Yeah, I mean, everybody wants good stuff. They do. But they don't want to lose what Pompano Beach is. I mean, mm -hmm. I grew up in Pompano. I've been here since 1963 um, when I graduated Pompano High. Mm -hmm. um, so it's my hometown, too. And, yes, we don't, you know, you still, you go to the grocery store and you recognize your neighbors that you've, you've known for, for generations, uh, years. And that's, that we, we still have that small town vibe to us and that's in uh, the charm i mean it's we're not you know for fort lauderdale i'm not going to criticize them they they had their vision what they wanted to do they've got their dense urban core mm -hmm. um which it, that was their vision that's okay but no we have never had that 
type of vision in Pompano Beach, and that's not what our residents want. They want they want development, they want good things to do, but they don't want to lose the the feel of Pompano Beach, the 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 hometown, the the, the friendliness, the charm, the quaintness. Um, and we've worked hard through a lot through all of our development to make sure that yeah, that stays part of our fabric because it's it's important. It does. It sets us apart. Um, it's, yeah. it's easy just to go through and scrape a, 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 a landscape and, and do nothing except build build tall buildings. But, you know, that, that kind of loses the character of the place. And that's not what we wanted to have happen in Pompano. Yeah, that's good. But we're named after a fish for Crane Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so is there anything else that you guys see um, in closing to this? Mm-hmm. Um to where you would like to see, maybe even from the residents, um, this town to head, like a direction for this town to head beyond what's already happening. Well, I, I think that we are on the right path. And as the mayor explained, you know, we we trying to balance the act between being an urban place and the suburban charm that, that Pompano still has in many parts of the city. And I think that maintaining that level of balance is is what's going to continue to make Pompano very attractive to people. There are many parts of the city that are great touristic places, and we need to continue to invest on them to make sure that people do come to Pompano and bring those touristic dollars to the city, which is great for our economy. But also keep that residential core intact without affecting it, because people still need a good place to live. And mm-hmm. Pompano is very centralized located. Yep. We're only 20 minutes from Fort Lauderdale International. We're 30 minutes from West Palm. We're 45 minutes from Miami. So technically, you could live in Pompano and work anywhere within the Tri-County area. That's true. And within 45 minutes, be at an international airport that takes you anywhere around the world. So, and on top of that, we we are blessed that we have the largest industrial core in the county, bar none. Pompano has 30 million square feet of industrial area, 10 times that of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So talk about job creation and job opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we need to continue to build on that. And we need to continue to invest on that because that, again, creates opportunities for work, opportunities for people to live in a good place, have an, a, a, an affordable place to live, not a multi-million dollar homes because there's, there's a good mix in Pompano and the ability to provide good education or good opportunity for the kids to grow and have a place to where they can grow healthy. Those are some of the things that's been the focus since I've been in the city and I've been for 10 years already working for the, for Pompano. And I, I hope that we can continue with that because that's been our success story. And I think we continue to build on that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it definitely. I, I, know, I know this isn't an economic development show, but it's, you know, Horatio mentioned the industrial industrial areas that we have, and it's just it's phenomenal when you look at the economic num- numbers, um, the occupancy rates that we we have. I mean, it's Pompano Beach is a booming economic engine in Broward County, um, but yeah, the, the the things going forward that really I'm excited about um, the beach. That's great. I mean, what we've done at the beach that is fantastic, and that will continue. But what I'm really excited about is out in our northwest sector. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been an impoverished area for many, many years, and the, the stuff that is that we we have on the drawing boards for that area now, it's that is going to transform the northwest, and that, that I think bodes very well for our community, our city overall. Um, you know, there's there's been some problems throughout the years uh, between the 
the, uh, the, 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 the kind of the dividing line is the, is the railroad tracks there. Mm -hmm. So for many years, that's been a, somewhat of a dividing line. But I, I think uh, moving forward, we can make Pompano Beach more of one community and make sure that everybody is, is benefiting by what's happening there. And I, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's, it's, I, I think we've got a lot of good things in the mix, a lot of the cultural aspects of it, the art aspects of it, just making people feel better about their community, pay, paying, having more pride in their community, which helps people make their community better. And, yeah. that's, uh, and that's really it. It's, you know, we are Pompano. Yeah, um, and it is, you know, the, the certain responsibility to that is on the citizens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of, you know, True. loving your neighbor and, you know, the golden rule kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just giving back to the community itself because it's you can't expect the government to do everything for you. Yeah. You know, you, you have to, as a community, step up and make it a great place to live as well. Yeah. You know, you need, and, to, be, you need to be proud of what you own. Correct. And, I, and I'm seeing I'm seeing more of that from from everybody across across Pompano. People are people are kind of rallying. Um, it seems like for Pompano. Yeah. And and that's that. that man, that's it's a prideful town. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It's it's great. It's yeah. great to see that uh, we're, we're all starting to work together and moving in the, in the same direction. And it's it, it is. It's exciting. I mean, it's and I, I am so I'm, I'm humbled to be the mayor right now. It, it it's, it's fantastic. It really yeah, well, is. Well, we're honored to have you as mayor for sure. You know, that was one of the reasons why, I mean, I'm glad you said that about the Northwest sector because that was one of the reasons why I named that uh, bridge project Atlantic Harmony. Yeah. The voice stated to the fact that to me, uh, I wanted to include like as many of the species of fish um, that I could on that bridge, you know, just because you know, I th thought it spoke to the diversity of the town. Um, yeah. Especially now with such a huge Brazilian community, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and you know, it really is a town full of everybody and bridges connect different parts of land so people can come together. Yeah. Right. And that was the whole symbolic meaning um, for me. Um, so, I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to see that the town is making all the, taking all the correct steps to become a town like that, to where everyone can live, everyone can thrive um, and just enjoy the community and have a good life. Yeah. You know, because that's why we're. We're, we're living here. Or like you said, you know, we're living in paradise. So everyone wants to be able to enjoy it. Sure. So gentlemen, I really want to thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Um, it was really a pleasure having you. Great to be here. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Terrific. And, uh, we end it like this now. Like my buddy Mike G says, your ego is not your amigo. And just do your best and let God do the rest. Always remember to eat, drink, and be local. And always remember that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're always connected by water. Thank you very much. Thank you. Gentlemen. All right.